This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to another bonus episode of Green and White brought to you by Argyle Life. We're aiming to bring you something a little different with this one. I've often wondered how transfers work, how they happen, all the internal workings of the transfer market and how clubs find and recruit their targets. So to find out, I'm delighted to welcome former communications manager, Dan Cole. How are you, mate? How's things? Very well, thank you. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, I've just mentioned that I'm recovering from a chest infection and um can't get my mic to work so audio on the phone might not be best quality but it's not about the audio quality it's about the content yeah i just i was just really interested to find out how um you know the internal workings of the, of the transfer market work and, and i don't feel i don't think there's anybody better that we could call upon on, on such short notice to find out um obviously before we get into this one obviously, and so people are aware on the timings yesterday the club announced the loan signing of, of Darko, and I'm going to say his last name completely wrong. I'm going to say Giabi from, from Leeds United until the end of the season. Obviously, you're a fan, first and foremost. What, what are your thoughts on, on this signing? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's exciting. I think it obviously um, it's quite easy to see the connection between um, his career and Ian Foster, which is always a positive sign for a new manager to come in, sorry, head coach to come in and... Uh, and bring in a player that he has worked with before. Um, he's obviously really tall, mm. which I think obviously we've identified uh, um, as fans. We're obviously aware of, of kind of a lack of goal scoring action from set pieces. So he and Phillips might be able to bring a little bit more sort of um, power in the box, which is exciting. Uh, I've got to admit, I don't know too much about him as a player. I can kind of comment either way on whether I think he'll be successful at the level but I do I can say obviously and we'll speak more about this later I can speak to the kind of strength and robustness of the uh of the recruitment department and, and the research that they do so I have no doubt looking at the track record that we have particularly in the loan market we've been exceptional so um I'm I'm pretty excited to see what he can do I think to get one in so quickly after we lost Kundal is obviously um quite positive and hopefully it just it calms everyone settles everyone's nerves a little bit because um obviously I sense a kind of a feeling of, of kind of near getting closer to sort of panicking about this word depth so um mm. we're, we're back where we were in that respect yeah obviously we've refilled those two loans that we've lost um on that then you mentioned the, the recruitment department move on to the to the, the meat of this this chat um 
obviously, let, I don't know how this starts off. I assume Jimmy comes and, and says, oh, I've, I've found somebody, I've targeted someone, and, and you know, he thinks will complement the current setup. Um, what what are his initial first steps? So my understanding is probably worth pointing out as well that um, even though I work within the club, even a great deal of the recruitment is under lock and key. Um, so I'm not familiar with, I, I won't get to see every player they've got on a list, for example, Or, but I, I, I do know that he and Ross and I think the analysts, and I believe they actually have some um, students who might come in and help them sort of pass through all the data, are just constantly on the, on the churn looking for, you know, monitoring, um, monitoring the data that comes in to identify players. And I think my understanding is that they identify sort of key um, data points that they want their players to be strong in. So whether that's kind of, I don't know, XG for XG created for attacking midfielders, etc. I don't know. I don't know every data point, but you know, they'll identify the KPIs and then whittle down a list of kind of, well, you've got every player, every player pretty much in, in the world on there. So they'll have to whittle it down on, on a few in a few areas firstly whether they are they can get across to britain now with the, the rules changing with um brexit whether they're within our kind of realistic target base and so on and so forth and they'll, they'll whittle down uh, a database to probably a handful of names for each position um they'll have done they'll have spoken with the coaches with neil g's nip who's obviously heavily involved in all of it um at the beginning of the process to identify what the coach what the head coach is looking for in a specific position you know which characteristics and then they'll go and identify a shortlist effectively and i think at that point they bring the shortlist to the table for those recruitment meetings that you hear about so you may have gone from 100 eligible players down to i don't know six to ten or so on um and then from there there'll be a conversation they'll obviously have anyone on the shortlist they'll have had them watched and they probably will have watched them themselves a few times in person at least and then obviously you can get games quite easily now kind of four matches that you can watch a player on um on the laptop and so on so they've done a lot of due diligence they'll bring their the list of six or seven up to ten however many players to the coaches and then they'll identify their preferred targets in what order and then at that point um we go out and try and get them i think is how it works yeah, so say, say for example then, just a random example off the top of my head, we, we highlight a, a centre midfielder from a Premier League club that we want to bring in on loan. Um, absolutely no hints there. Um, and that, that's not me suggesting that you know anything either, by the way. We know no, I don't, uh, truly, at the moment. I don't, <laughs> but, yeah. but what, what, what happens in that, in that case then? So, so we've, highlighted a, we've highlighted someone. What, what, what happens? We just... We well, just up or do we do we gauge the players uh like interest first i think it'll often depend on whether there's a like a pre-existing relationship between anyone at the club and anyone who represents the player or the player themselves so but i think it, it, in broad terms now it, it might depend which happens first i think generally speaking you speak to the club first when you think of particularly in our position now is a, a kind of as we speak i'm going to call us lower mid-table championship club um there's only 30 clubs above us in the in the pyramid right so you have to have a relationship with if you if you're going to be reliant on the loan market you have to maintain a good relationship with those clubs so mm -hmm. broadly speaking you would go to 
I think the clubs, the generally the, the Premier League clubs and probably sort of the, the bigger hitting championship clubs have a loans manager. So um, it will be a part of their remit to kind of de- develop lo- uh, loan plans for players who, who are maybe aren't in the first picture, first team picture, but they don't, they don't want to offload. So um, the conversation will be about how much game time we can give them, whether we're, whether even, even nowadays it's even down to kind of systems and whether the system we play complements the system they play. So, when they go back to their club, they're kind of well versed in kind of a, an attractive uh, counter-attacking transition sort of game that we've we've got at the moment, um, and that conversation will happen. Of course, a set, a then a kind of a, a conversation might either happen between the loan manager and the players' representative, the players' agent, or if the club gives us kind of permission to chat to the agent, then we might chat to the agent, um, assuming there's an interest there. Then and and you know it works works for both both parties. All, sorry, all three parties, the, both clubs and the player. Um, and that's whether it works financially as well as game time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then um, there'll be a conversation. Now I think what was happening last season. I obviously can't speak to this season um, now. I I'm not sure how much it's changed. Probably developed a bit, but it's probably not hugely different. Um, would be that the club whether that's Jimmy, Neil or, or the head coach would give um, a presentation, quite a detailed presentation on, on how they expect the player to um, to fit into our system and what they what they want from them, what they'll get in return, how we play, things like that. Now, my understanding is that not every club does that. And I think it's probably a big part of why we've been successful in the, in the loan market is that we've come to, we've come to the, the parent club and the player with a really specific plan for them. That I think, um, you know, is really appealing. I think that people, players want players want kind of, or not above anything, but quite high up. Players just want to understand that they're wanted, that the manager truly, or that the club truly understands what sort of player they are, and that they can get the best out of them. So I think, I think us doing that and and kind of having this presentation, kind of bespoke to each player, um, is. A really strong selling point for our guile and I think it's why we've had such success in the loan market personally. There was there was something was that did that come in along with low? I feel like I remember um yeah I mean yeah I think I think um I wasn't as in I wasn't as I was a little bit lower down at the club when uh, from the previous regime so I wasn't as aware of all of the information. So it's possible that it was happening before. I'm yeah. certainly aware it's something that came in in quite a big way um, in the change of regime in sort of 2019, 20, and then, and then moving forwards. And certainly it, I think it's kind of grown in prominence to be a real cornerstone of how we go out and um, sell the club to the players. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, it certainly was a big part of um, when you hear players talk about why they came down. I think you can you, you might have heard it in interviews and so on. They all mention, or a lot of them mention, that this plan was in place, that this that the manager had a really clear idea of how I was going to come into the team, which I think is um particularly with young players who maybe don't this might be their first or second loan. Mm. It's a long way from home in most cases for all of them. Uh, to under to have a real to sort of have that kind of um peace of mind and comfort that hey, it's I'm not just coming into as a, as a body, I'm, I'm coming in with a specific plan. Is, is um, has been really fruitful, I think. But it yeah, might be, 
It oh. could be that Jimmy gives those now, or, or you know, or a combination depending on who's available, where the, where the relationship is. But um, certainly, I'm aware that it's something that happens with most, if not all, signings now. Yeah, obviously, you, you mentioned it there, so just, I'm just going to jump ahead to it. We, we can jump back, but obviously, I don't think any Argo fan needs to be told about our geographical um, <laughs> location that puts us at some disadvantage, right? especially when it comes to attracting talent. Uh, another assumption, but uh, you know, I assume it's put a few players off, being how far away it is. Obviously, we know that, that managers have jumped ship back up north <laughs> as soon as they can. Um Obviously, f- footballers off- often come attached with, you know, partners and, and children, etc. Uh, do-, do we, as a club, do anything differently to to help there? Or yeah, so we've got. Um, you, she, I don't think she's um, that well known to the majority of the fans, but she's very important. There's something called Ellen um, Ellen Shine, who's the player as part of her role. She's, I think, her title now is assistant club secretary, but she's also. Um, the player liaison officer and she does an amazing job of um helping the players and their families with anything that they need um before they move while they're here and then even she kind of helps them pack up when it's time to go um so she'll organize everything she'll organize viewings for for accommodation she'll organize travel plans she'll um she'll meet with partners of players and so on to to help them feel as comfortable as possible with the move i think um some players, uh, we're obviously, we're generally speaking, the profile of player we're recruiting is a lot younger. So, um, or it has been for the last couple of years. So not all of them will have uh, partners or, or dependents or anything like that. So a lot of them just, just get a flat and come straight down, but she'll be involved in those. And then she might spend a bit more time with players' families if that if um, if they have them in helping them settle. But I think, I, I understand, and obviously I've been a fan all my life as well so this kind of geographical position thing is always is always trotted out but i've noticed a real big um shift in uh it's been it's been really kind of <clears throat> just pleasing to see it unfold where players have you, you got this feeling uh, maybe you know seven or eight years ago longer that we would be we would be the club that they'd move to if we were the best club available in the league, but if there are better options, they might go closer to home. Whereas now I, I genuinely feel that players, I mean, you've seen it unfold in some of the transfer dealings in the summer. Players had other options and they chose to come here. Um, they had other options that in some cases might have even been better for them financially. Um, but they chose to come here. And that's because I think that the club puts a lot of, like a lot of um, resources and time into making the players and their families feel as comfortable as possible. And it's just a really positive environment for particularly for a young player, for a young player to come in and, and perform and make a name for themselves. You know, I, I don't think even two, three years ago, assuming we had the resources to get them, players like Morgan or Bali would have chosen to come here over other options. But now it's, now everybody knows. And you can see it in kind of the way that we reported on, um, Everybody knows what we stand for. We're a well-run club, family club, good place to play, play great football. They'll look after you there. And so that that reputation means that I don't think that the geographical situation is as much of a, as much of a kind of burden as it used to be. Or at least if it is, there are a lot more reasons to come here that outweigh that. Right. 
yeah, nice. Person, personally, but obviously I'm I'm hopelessly green tinted, but um, certainly I, I think the quality of players that we're bringing in, these are all players who have other options and choose to come here, which hasn't I don't think has always been the case. Yeah, obviously the, the quality of player, um, I think from when you started to, to now is, is slightly different as well. Um, so obviously we've, we've been through that process. Obviously Jimmy Jimmy finds. Um, Finds a potential target. We do the research. We, we, we contact the, the club. When it comes to to the actual the actual players coming, then that they, you know they venture down the A the A thirty eight and rock up at, at Home Park or Harpers or whatever. And then and then this is where the media team take over, right? And you and you start you know clips of their first day and and announcement videos. Um, yeah. And then obviously um, Twitter comes awash with you know the in the know. Um, rumors, etc. How, how many people actually know? Obviously, you've already mentioned that you, you, you you're not privy to the to the shortlist and stuff, um, or you weren't when you were at the club. Sorry. Um, how many people actually know about about these deals? Is it is it a case of that that news travels fast and everybody at the club does know, or is it just a select few? They, they try and keep it really tight. So um, the first time that you would get we would get briefed in as media team. It's probably well, it depends. It varies from player to player because obviously in some cases it's not an exact science in that deals really aren't done until they're done. So uh, I can t- I can I'm not going to name the players, but I could reel off you know six, seven, twelve, fifteen player transfer press releases I've written that never see the light of day because they don't turn up eventually. Right. That's less. That's less the case now. Have you ever got to the point where you've like filmed and recorded and taken photos and they're still not turned um, up? Not quite. I think broadly, when they well, but when they've got here, when they're here, yeah. you're, pretty, you're pretty likely to have them signed. Um, I, I can't it's think of a long. It's a long way to come, isn't it? Like there's plenty of opportunities to turn yeah. around. <laughs> I can't think of a time in which a player has arrived to do all of their signing stuff. Certainly not while I was at the club. Um, to then not sign. So mm-hmm. I think that's. That's when you kind of know it's a pretty, you kind of ninety-five percent at least done. But I mean, uh, you'd be aware of, for example, a year before we signed. I'll, I can mention him because we did sign him eventually. A year before we signed Nylanis, I'd written a Nylanis press release, oh. um, and then he did he go on loan to Doncaster maybe, and then yeah. or yeah, so it was the season that we were in League Two, I think. Yeah, that's right, because we got promoted and then we had the COVID season. Then he signed in the COVID season. So um, I'd written that because I was told it was going to happen and to get ready for it. And then um, he went somewhere else. So um, that's an example. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, but broadly speaking, 
the way it works is it's kind of um, the people involved in the deal. So you, you'll obviously have the head coach, Neil, Jewsnip and Jimmy, uh, probably other uh, other football staff that are involved in the deal. Then you've obviously got the CEO and the club secretary. So that's Andrew and Zach Newton, who kind of sign it off and, and get the paperwork done. Generally then, there was um, a chap above me called Jamie Yabsley, who might be aware of it, uh, from Zach uh, at that point to say, your team needs to get ready. Then he'll let me know. Then I'll get a press release prepared or, or Rob or someone in the team will get a press release prepared. This is maybe a day before they arrive, but then we don't do much more than that because you kind of, there's a couple of things. It's really not done 24 hours before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also can't necessarily, uh, you can't do all the pictures and the and, and the video and obviously and everything like that until they're here. Um, once they've arrived, then at that point they'll go and in in various orders, but they tend to then go off-site for a medical. I think they only go off-site at the moment because the facilities are, you know, I think in the future they'll do it on the site, but it's not prepared yet. Um, they'll go off-site for a medical. Zach will be finalising the, the contracts and the and the, the formalities. And once, once we've done our bit, <clears throat> once the player's back from the medical and it's all good, they'll go and do... Uh, media so they'll go with Charlie and Charlie generally for kind of promo video and an interview and so on and then the comms team which is a chap called Ali now and uh, Rob McNichol would then liaise with um, the selling club or the loaning clubs comms team to try and organize a, an announcement time but obviously an announcement time it, it tends to be that you'll send a message to the selling club and say He's here, he's had his medical, we're waiting to give them a heads up that it's happening. And then it's only when Zach says the medical's clear and the contract's done that we can actually then agree an announcement time with the selling club. So <clears throat> there's a there's a lot of moving parts and it's re- like from the club's perspective, obviously at any point if we were to announce prior to any of those individual elements being done, you run the risk of it failing. So then you burn the relationship with the club, you burn the relationship with the player, and the club makes itself look silly. So Mm -hmm. it really has to wait until all of those things are done before it announces anything. There are various ways in which the news can come out. So um, via the the media at the other end, at at the other club, for example, an agent might tell someone, uh, have, they might have a great relationship with the journalist who then shares it out. Um, and, and you've obviously got to deal with that. But from the club's perspective, they can't can't confirm anything until they're, they're really certain. Um, because mm. it, it may still not come off. I suppose t- two things like that then. The, f- the first one is um, how annoying is it when, when these, these deals get scuppered or, you know... Um, told to journos or, or you know find their way on on you know onto social media etc and then i suppose the other the other half of that is, is how annoying is it when you know that you you know the deals you know say for example let, let, let's use the the luke cundall situation where you know you, you know in your heart of heart he's, he's, he's gone he's got home but you can't confirm that you have a lot of people tweeting you saying 
yeah, why aren't you telling us things, transparency, yeah. things like that? I mean, I think, so obviously I'll go with what I know. And there, were, there was obviously a similar situation with Morgan last year. So I can speak about that one because I was there, whereas I don't. Yeah, I don't that know. might have been a better example for me to use. But yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't know the. I don't know the details. But if it's anything that, and I'd imagine it would be exactly the same because when you think about it, the club, the recalling club, for the same reason as we don't want to um, burn a relationship with them, they're not going to want to. The club really won't be told that he's being recalled until he's being recalled. There mm. might be conversations that happen between director of football we're considering it etc but you know the, the the club won't have had um information on for example finn being recalled until 15 minutes before they confirmed that finn had been recalled the burden on the journalists the burden on the club to share the information is they can only really conf they can only really share the information when it's fact like whereas when you see journalists reporting on it and so on they don't share the same burden they don't they don't share the direct responsibility with the loan club and the player to get the information right they don't have the legal obligations they you know if they get some information and they can stand it up with a source then they then they can share it so they might well have had the information from Middlesbrough for example that Finn was on his way up for a signing and he may well have been on his way up for a signing while still technically being a Plymouth Argyle loan player because his agent and his selling club have said go to Middlesbrough because you're going to Middlesbrough but the club, they may have had an inkling that it's happening or or the director of football may have been told, but that's not the same as the formal recall coming in. And the club can only act when the formal recall happens. So, and I do think with Cundall, Neil spoke about it before the game and then he spoke about it in, in Foster's press conference, didn't he? And I think with Cundall, probably he wasn't told until he was told. He was, he was in fact told that he'd be staying until he was told he wouldn't be staying. Whereas I think when I was there with Morgan, um, when Morgan was happening, you know, we had been informed that there were discussions happening. Is there a, is there a period in which the, the, the parent club come to you and say, look, we're looking to offload X? Um, well, I th yeah, no, I, th I think, because I think with Morgan, our information might have come from Morgan's agent, as in, because Morgan, because Morgan was a really specific case in that he really didn't want to be recorded. He made that quite clear. Um, yeah. He wanted to be here and obviously he's back now. Um, so I think like, I think that's a really specific case. Whereas, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not obviously not privy to the details, but I'm not yeah. sure whether a permanent deal for Finn was an option for us. Whereas mm -hmm. it was an option, you know, we would have tried to make that happen with Swansea in January, I think, if if that had been an option. So, um, it's there. Obviously, all the situations are different. The player, the players' considerations are different. Now, I'm sure. I think Finn had a great time here, but he also probably knew it wasn't an option. So, and he's he's out of contract at Villa with little to no prospect of getting in their first team so it, it felt like a reasonable move for him to go and, and move on whereas I think Morgan's future really was up in the air and he was having a great time here in a way that he hadn't been anywhere else for a long time so um, it was a there was a little bit more kind of there, there were more discussions to be had there in a way I think yeah, I suppose just on the the in the nose whilst whilst we're on that, you you've mentioned that no deals have really been scuppered uh, in in terms of once once they're at the club. But have deals been scuppered because they've been leaked to journos and stuff before? Or I think I think off I think often and I don't know for sure, but I think if an agent is trying to get the best deal possible for their player, and there's a there's a deal available at Argyle, but 
they want to keep their options open. It's maybe in the agent's best interest to let a journalist know that he might be going down to Plymouth, but hey, he's available. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm speculating. I don't think that, um, how do I put it? I, I, like often the reporting around it is sort of, the, is is when we're signing a player is mostly irrelevant and the biggest risk that it poses is that it just takes the air out of the balloon for one of Charlie's hype videos, you know, because you all know who he is already. And, right. you know, uh, he, you know, he's we're just try, trying to excite fans, really. I mean, can you imagine if I know that like some pictures were taken of Morgan pitch side in the summer, getting his pictures done with his Morgan Wicker 10 shirt, so everybody knew it was happening. But can you imagine if we just dropped that? It would have been insane, you know, nobody would have seen it coming. Whereas they had that kind of, and you can argue about like where, where most excitement comes from. You can't expect people not to try and find out things that are happening at the club, but um, it does, it, it tends not to pose too much risk. Actually, the biggest issue, I think, is the other way around where people are sharing rumours that they think is true, but probably isn't. And they're kind of, then it leads to Chris having to ask some difficult questions in a press conference and everyone saying, you know, no, that isn't happening. And it it can whip up, I can't remember what day it was, but I opened Twitter and everyone was in a frenzy about Morgan going to Brentford. Now, again, I don't know. I yeah. absolutely do not know, but I trust, I trust the club when they say that there haven't been any offers or interests and they don't want to sell him. But if you opened Twitter at a specific time, you'd have seen that everyone had effectively written his eulogy and we were relegated. And I just think, you know, that that's probably where it's worse because I think the, the club has had a lot, has, has like built a lot of success um, over the last couple of years. And a lot of it is, is, but is based on kind of positive, the feeling of positive upward momentum mm -hmm. and unity, unity between the club and the fan base and the players, you know, giving everything to represent the, the fans in the city and so on. And I think, you know, it can be destabilizing. Rumours can be destabilising if they gather enough momentum. But, um, you know, I think I think that's probably where it's riskiest because I don't, because I think there's kind of what the public knows and football's a village anyway. So what, what, what tends to happen is that people within football tend to know where players are going before they've gotten there somehow. Mm. I'm not really sure how it works, but... Um, I'm not really sure how that happened, sorry, but I mean, certainly, um, and and you know, the player can probably is probably walking, you know, these players, a lot of them live in the city, so they pop into the supermarket and they're getting asked if they're being sold or whatever. And you know, I don't, th I think that's probably where it's can be most difficult and most challenging. And and the club can't come out and comment on every rumor that gets shared because there wouldn't be time to do anything else, and of course. If, if you set a position where you respond to every single rumour, then everybody knows that when you don't respond to a rumour, then it must be true. So mm. you can't win. Um, so I think the, the, when that happens, the best environment is for it, Chris to ask the question and then for it to get patted down in a press conference. But in the meantime, you've got two days of people whipping themselves up about a transfer that may not happen. Yeah, we know from our experience of just running a rumour rater, um, just to, keep up, just to keep up with rumours is hard enough. Never mind actually like commenting on all of them and, and trying to find out if they're all true or false. Or um, and our, our success rate is pretty good, but again, we don't know anything. So there's a lot of just just looking at the source and guessing, and and you know, and and you have to you have to just look at the information that's in front of you. And like you said, you can't respond to all of them. But um, I think that's 
pretty much most of the steps of a transfer covered. I mean, we went off off piste a little bit there with within the nose, but um, yeah, I, I don't know if there's anything else you you want to add, Dan. Um, I, I don't think so, really. I think one thing I will say is that sometimes there are there are occasions where you do just have to check with. I'll go to like I would have gone to Zach or someone and said I've seen these rumours, and they'll go, no, it's not. So it's not that. Um, there's nothing in that. So it's, it's not that uh, we don't pay attention or we didn't pay attention because it's our job to go. There's a lot of people talking about uh, X players going to Y or we're signing whoever. And um, But um, generally speaking, the sort kind of the, it, it's not a, not a tremendous success rate with the internet in the nose generally, but um, there have been times when they've, they've come off. And of course, when somebody does get one, right, it, it lends credence to their um, yeah. to their account and people pay more attention. So, yeah. What, what's what's the most interesting one you've seen? Is has there been any anyone major that you that you uh, made you laugh? Um, I can't think of one. Of them. <laughs> Have you got any examples? No, I just, I just all I all I remember is um, yeah, the the constant links to David Healy when when I was younger, but uh, yeah. yeah. Really that in the would, nose, they were. That that would have been good, wouldn't it? I think I think um, they are interesting, aren't they? In their nature, I mean, a lot of the fun, a lot of the fun of being a football fan is kind of speculating on, on you know, who your club might sign or the direction of travel for the club and so on. And that that's for a lot of people, that's more fun than the actual signing. And I can completely get that. And I think um, when you see a rumor pop up and you're like, oh, and you go and look them up, you go, oh, that'd be brilliant signing. But then you, but then you think, oh, they're on fifty grand a week. How can we afford that? And then, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it transpires that we weren't ever in for them, and it kind of makes a lot more sense. But um, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head where I've gone, God, I hope that's true. But there have been occasions where I've gone, yeah, that player would be brilliant, and I've gone in our sack, and he's gone, oh, sorry, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Never mind. But I, I do think, generally never speaking... Use like, never use that as a platform to be like, can we go sign again? Yeah, yeah. what do you reckon, though? I'll, I'll get my wallet out and see if there's anything in there. Um, I, I do think, though, that the signings, and I don't know if this is just confirmation bias, but like the players that you... Broadly speaking, like the players that you maybe have heard less about or know less about, mm. and you sign them... You tend to be more pleased with those, or I think when when on the the rare occasions the club has signed what what might be referred to as a name in footballing standards, has often they've often been less successful. And I don't know whether that's because we place a lot more, we as fans place a lot more hope in them because we've heard of them, and so the expectations are higher, or or whether they're whether they're coming to the club kind of and they've they've gone and made their name and they're kind of on their way out of their career or whatever but um you know guys like last season obviously guys like Morgan and Barley they come in with loans but not 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 amazing like you know they hadn't gone and ripped it up at their previous clubs in the same way that they ripped it up here and then within kind of months they become absolute heroes and I think um I, th I think there's something to be said for that, maybe. No, it's been it's been brilliant to to chat to you, Dan, and I really appreciate it. Really insightful in terms of um, how we maybe need to calm our expectations over some some big names and uh, look forward to the, the lesser known ones coming in. 
completely agree there. But I really appreciate you jumping on with us, getting us in um, as best you can. Obviously, yeah, of course. The stuff that you can't say, stuff that we don't, we don't want you to say either. If it's <laughs> uh, Argyle's chances of signing um, some of these names, but no, really appreciate it. Thank you, mate. No problem. Take care. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.